You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Aftermath Podcast, Week 11 edition, recapping the Raiders versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I am your host, Christopher Tinfinney, joined with my co-host and good friend, CJ Jones. CJ, what is up, my man? Christopher, I am doing great, buddy. Raiders week, got a dub, had to get them boys back. How are you doing, buddy? Oh my gosh, that that game, it was weird. I felt like I was more tense during the first half of that game than I was at the end. The second half. Because we all, yeah, well, not even just the second half, just the end of the fourth quarter. No, the fact. Because once, once Pat Mahomes got that ball, minute, you know, minute 43 left, you knew it was over. We knew the ball game was over. Thanks for playing, Raiders. You screwed up the time of possession at the end, and exactly. uh, you sealed your fate. What about you? I felt the same way. When I felt he got the ball, that was probably the most relaxed point of the game because I'm like, I know he's about to score because I'm like, their defense hasn't stopped us all game, and they don't even have some of their starting D linemen, so I know they weren't going to get any pass rushers. I saw Max Crosby, probably one of their best pass rushers, on a knee that entire drive, like gasping for air. I'm like, bro, they're not going to get any pressure on him. So all they got to do is take one big shot to Tyreek or Trav, and then we'll keep getting little chunk plays here or there, and then we'll take our shots in the end zone. So, no, I felt the same way. Only part of the game I really felt not stressed out but frustrated was definitely the first half because just the way our defense played, just a lot of plays that we gave up. But the like we got to give credit to, to, to the Vegas. They, they have a good offense. They have a good football team, and Gruden had those boys ready to play. I'll say that for sure. Yeah, but hey, let's let's stay away from giving the Raiders props because that's all I've heard the last two days on <laughs> social media and tell it being like that's the greatest loss any team has ever had. Good for the Raiders. Loss. They lost. Can, they lost. Can, the game's can, over. Say greatest loss. <laughs> right. Right. Like, well, okay. In 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 that defense, it, Colin Cowherd said that. So take that for what the greatest. I'm not thinking Cowherd says seriously. He is the weirdest guy out of all the analysts on TV. Nick <laughs> is my number one that gets on my nerves. He's number two. I don't fool with Colin Cowherd. He says something crazy every single week. Well, that was it this week was that the – and, you know, no one else said that it was the greatest loss, exactly. but everyone else was giving the Raiders mad props for going toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. And, like, I get that to an extent, but at the end of the day, the Raiders, if they win that game, they, they're not quite in the driver's seat, but they're only a game back with the tiebreaker. Exactly. And they couldn't – they could not – get that win when they had every opportunity to you know they played their a plus game the chiefs played their b plus game if you know if you want to take the defense into account um and the raiders still couldn't win that ball game so that shows that they are not at that level yet they are not they they are a good upcoming team but, but everyone's giving them respect just because they blew their biggest game of the year is absolutely ridiculous no, yeah, they're definitely not i mean when we're talking tears the AFC is pretty much simple, bro. The top tiers are Kansas City and Pittsburgh. And then everybody else is, is underneath them. Like so, like for people, like I know I saw some um somebody on Twitter was saying, Oh, can the Raiders make it to the Super Bowl, make a Super Bowl run? I was like, why are you even mentioning Super Bowl and Raiders in the same sentence? Their only goal this year is to be to make the playoffs. 
which they probably will if they keep doing what they're doing and winning and they can, they can win most of their games the rest of the season. But the Super Bowl shouldn't even be on their mind. We know the only team that can come out of the AFC is the Chiefs are their predominant favorite, and the only team that's really going to be their challenger will be Pittsburgh. Like it's, it's it's pretty simple that like I don't know why would everybody would even mention saying Oakland has a chance to really like overcome or even on the same level as the Chiefs. They're like you said, they're an up and coming football team. They're a B level football team, which is great because they've been an F level football team for like the past two decades. So all their fans really should be happy that you're even this good to where you're at. But you can't skip the steps, Chris. You feel me? You can't just go for right, the right. team and oh, we're all of a sudden going to go to the Super Bowl. Well, the Rams did that with Sean McVay, and everybody thinks it's so easy. You could just go from terrible to good in like one or two years. It takes time. Especially when you're in a conference, let alone a division, with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. You're not just going to just all of a sudden be an elite football team overnight. But they have gotten a lot better. I will give them that credit. But at the end of the day, a dub is a dub. We didn't play great at all on defense, and we still found a way to win the game. Those are the games I really like because it shows character. It shows what you do when you hit adversity and how do you respond when you play like shit on one side of the ball, but you still find a way to get it done. Because I could, you see Chris Jones on the sideline, like yelling at his oh, teammates, getting all pissed off and everything. I was like, you're all pissed off, but how about you go on the field and go get a stop if you want to use mm-hmm. energy? So that's what I was trying to figure out. So, But even even T-Mat on Twitter said we didn't play great at all. Like He's like, I was the first one to admit it, we didn't play good, but we still found yeah, a yeah. way to win. So at the end of the day, it was crazy. It's like more so Spags and his defense. I know they're disappointed in their performance because off bye weeks, Andy Reid's record is amazing. So the fact that our defense wasn't – I didn't say they weren't prepared. They just didn't execute. So I'm sure he had them ready. It's just they just didn't play well. So Right. right. And, and jumping back real quick to what you were saying about – the Raiders, um, they were six and four this at their ten games last year. They're six and four this year. Exactly. Again, yeah. I, I'm not. I am not ready to give them as much credit as everyone else seems to want to give them for. I mean, usually, uh, Derek Carr. Usually they're like two and seven. So <laughs> I think that's why people are. Yeah, I mean like that's true. Above five hundred. <laughs> right, right, but and it, you know what? Props, props. I guess to Derek Carr for sitting back in the pocket all day with five seconds to throw and completing passes. I mean, that's what you would expect from an NFL quarterback who was, was only hit once all game. Bro, no it wasn't pressure. even by Chris Jones or Frank Clark or Derek Knight. It was Wharton, you know, the rookie the who has come out of nowhere. He's the only one that actually put any pressure on Carr one time. So, like, okay, cool. The Raiders were able to put 31, 31 points again. They had all – day to throw and yeah i'm sure i know a couple uh passes there were dropped but this starts for me and i know everyone wants to be on the secondary a little bit because they did look bad it starts with the defensive line like there was no if your defensive line isn't getting any pressure it makes your secondary have to play perfect and if there's anything we know about it, the Chiefs' secondary it is a, it is built to be opportunistic play well enough but if there's getting no pressure and a quarterback has all day to pick them apart they are not going to be able to stick to receivers that long people will get open and it seemed like just about any everybody except Traverius Ward forgot how to tackle in that secondary and everybody was missing um, tackles I even saw T-Man missing tackles I was like bro why isn't he breaking down and like flying to the ball like he usually does well, he's weird, man. Like, I, I love the honey badger. Oh, me too. But like, I, I love him. But what like, are you doing? <laughs> but 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 like, there and it's not just this game. There are games where he just he, like, and you know, I think the games I'm thinking about are the Titans games where he's kind of shies away from Derrick Henry because that man is twice the size of 
the honey badger. But there there are a few instances where he seems to make business decisions out in the open field, right. game to a game, lot. and and that and he he made those that decision a lot in a very important primetime Sunday night game. And so that that bugged me a little bit that we didn't see the normal aggressive, you know, lay some wood, go up and make a hit, honey badger. But um, again, that the the defense. It is what it is. It's funny, you know. You and I have spent a lot of time yelling about the linebackers on here, and the linebackers Willie actually Gay played well. Played the almost the entire game, so I'm happy. Yeah, I don't even care. Our defense played good. I'm just glad that Willie Gay finally started and played a whole game. We've been saying that right, before. right. It's Gay. Gay's getting snaps. Anthony Hitchens has been on a tear recently. He's been graded very, very well by Pro Football Focus. It, whatever, however you take those in, but um, it's. It's weird how now week 10, like, I, you know, we're not – no one's full, and, you know, everyone knows that the secondary and defensive line are better than the linebacking court. But it is funny how this last week it was the linebackers who were not the issue, and that's exactly what you don't want to happen if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan is your weakest position group to be playing the best because that means some people are scoring points, and that's exactly what the Raiders were able to do. No, facts. Our defense definitely didn't play great, and when you have a defense that – it's giving time of possession away, and they can run the ball and control the clock. That throws out the rhythm of the Chiefs' offense, and it makes Derek Carr and Gruden get comfortable. And that's probably one of the more games I've seen Derek be most comfortable ever, especially when he played us. He oh, just yeah. felt in rhythm. Like, when he went up to the line, he was making checks, making calls, and obviously there was no crowd noise. But even if there was, it probably wouldn't have done much of a difference because the way they ran the football and they controlled the line of scrimmage, like you said, our D. And I said that from the jump. I literally watched the first drive, and I tweeted out, I said, our D line is not getting – any pressure, and they're not disengaging off blocks. Like, once any of the linemen for the Raiders got on, they matched their block, and the running backs or receivers got up the field and got to the second and third level. So if we don't disengage and get off blocks, this is going to be a long night. And that's what happened the rest of the game. We weren't getting off blocks, and then if you can't get off blocks, there's no point. You have to blitz more, and if you blitz more, you're leaving your secondary up to open the one-on-ones. And the Raiders do have speed. I know they're trying to mimic us like other teams like Denver and the Chargers are trying to do, but they do have speed. They have Al Galore, they have Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller's fast for, for, for his size, so they have guys that can get open. So, like you said, when you don't get pressure, when your D-line is not getting any stops, it makes everyone else's job harder. So, like you said, it starts right. up front. So, I'm not putting any blame on the secondary or, or the linebacking core because it starts up front. Because, let's be honest, what's the best part of our defense? Most people would say the secondary, but it's out the money we're spending, it should be our D-line. Oh, my god, we're, we're paying man. Frank and Chris a lot of money. So, those should be the horses that we're leaning on every week, right? Right, two of the top six paid defensive players oh, yeah. in the exactly. NFL, not just – and they're both on our defensive line. And, you know, Chris Jones has lived up to it for most part this year. Uh, he had a bad game. Those happened. But Frank Clark has been – he's had as many good games as he has had bad games. That's, and for as fair. much money as he's as he is uh, – you know, he hasn't been a complete non-factor this year. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. for the money that he's currently earning, he needs to be a little bit more prominent every week than the kind of a – every other week which is what we're getting accustomed to but where was our guy in the secondary where was he where was mr juan Thornhill? why is he not getting snaps no, all of a sudden said he's only a, a situational guy how do you go from starting to be a situational guy what did he do right he's not hurt. right, is, he right. Missed, did he miss a meeting or mispractice like what's going on yeah i don't i really don't understand it because from like weeks two to week seven he was playing 99 percent of the snaps and then the two i think against the jets and the panthers he played like 60 percent of the snaps and now he's down to like 12 percent of the snaps all of a sudden after a bye week like i don't care like what juan has had maybe some issues adjusting back after his acl injury he cannot be less consistent than dan Sorensen is we all love dan Sorensen. i love i'm not 
Everyone loves Dirty Dan. Dan the man. He makes plays when you need him to, and that's awesome. Keyword when you need him to. That is that's about it. He is not a consistent safety, and for the Chiefs coaching staff to look at the field and I don't, just from a speed stands standpoint which is huge for a free safety Juan Thornhill can fly why is Dan Sorsen getting more snaps against a speed oriented Raiders team than Juan Thornhill I won't understand it Andy didn't want to talk about it I mean someone needs to ask ask Spags about this week because it absolutely blew my mind that they did not have Juan Thornhill in there more even during that first drive I think one of the first plays was a play action pass to Darren Waller he just ran by Dirty Dan like he wasn't even like you said it wasn't even close. And I was looking at him like, why is Dan Sorensen covering one of the probably their best receiver in, in Darren Waller? Why isn't Juan or, or Ty Matthew on him? And I'm thinking, okay, maybe they just like trying to do a package or something. I thought he was in deep coverage. And I rewound the play and I rewatched it today. I'm like, he wasn't on the field. So I'm like, what is going on, bro? And then I looked at that quote and I was like, you didn't play one of your best safeties. It has to be like an off the field issue, bro. It couldn't have been about play. It has to be something. Yeah. Be something. Or was or the strategy was size over speed. You know, they liked how Dan's physically built compared to Waller, but that's, I don't I, think I love that's Dan smart. Sorsen, but I will never, ever, ever want him in coverage covering an elite tight end. No, right, exactly. No, it, yeah, exactly. It's, and, and again, we're not trying to slight Daniel Sorensen. I love him, but I'm going to be Because honest. he's made so many big plays, but he's not, he's a great third safety. He is not a consistent every down safety. And, the, and I mean, the play shows it. It's not like we're being mean. Everyone says it. Right. So it's not right. like it's just us, bro. So nobody's being mean. We're just being honest of what when what patterns work when you put players in certain situations. These are Juan's strengths. Those are dirty Dan strengths. Dan's strengths are coming in, like you said, as a third safety when in certain situations. I would rather Dan be the situational guy. And Juan's mm-hmm. part exactly. and be the most and be in the rotation a lot with T Matt. So um hopefully they uh, get that figured out this week. I don't know. I'm thinking it has to be something off the field. I'm hoping they figure it out this week because we definitely need Deuce Deuce back there, man. When him and T Matt are together. Like we said during the, during the summer, that's probably going to be the best safety tandem in the league. And when they're apart, it, it, everything changed. So I'm sure I'm, I def, I I highly guarantee that Spags will make a lot keyword a lot of changes this week. After that, right? A lot of guys have to earn their job this week or see who's going to start, who's not starting, because nothing's guaranteed after the way we just played. So and right. Tampa Bay. Well, you know what? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oops, sorry, I was just saying. You know what the defensive play of the game was, right? Who's yours? My defensive play of the game oh, oh, was the oh, pass oh, interf- oh, oh, was the pass interference on Brashad Breeland in the end zone because that that right there won the Chiefs the game. That made sure Pat was going to have enough time and put the ball at the one yard line. That pass interference, I even tweeted out, Breeland's doing the Lord's work, making sure that Pat has enough time. Right. That was a defensive play of the game for me. Facts. <laughs> I mean, like, but I, I'm just I'm just glad that we got that stop in the middle. Of, I think it was the um, was the middle of the third. No, it was the middle of the third quarter. No, 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 no. Yeah, the third quarter. When they were, they were when Aguilar dropped it. Yeah, when Aguilar dropped the ball, like we finally got it. We finally caught it. Like that third quarter, I think they had three drops. Aguilar dropped the pass. The, the fullback dropped the pass, and I think it was. Um, I think was it. I think the fullback dropped too. The fullback, yeah. He I think, Eng- I think Engel dropped too. He dropped one. Nelson Aguilar dropped one. I think it was someone else. Or it may have been him three times. You're right. It could have been him. Yeah, yeah. Because like nobody really else caught the ball except Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, Zay Jones. Ruggs didn't have a catch, did he? He had a couple targets, but I don't think he came down with one. I think he had one. I think he literally had it was a okay. Pass. It was okay. a lot. 
But yeah, yeah. that third quarter, because usually in the first drive, in the first half, they didn't have a drop, like the whole half. And I was like, bro, they're catching everything. Mainly all their catches right. were wide open. But in that third quarter, when they came out after we scored and we took up that long drive, they had a lot of drops at the third quarter. So I was like, we're finally catching a break. It's not because our defense was playing well. We're just there. I'm like, the Raiders are messing it up like a lot of people thought they would. They can play good until it counts, and then they'll start making mistakes. So they started dropping the ball. So those are my biggest defensive keys. Like, we just started catching breaks. And when they gave us the ball back, we scored. We took the lead. Now the Raiders are playing catch-up. And now they have to come back and try to score on us. And we, like you said, that last drive, and a lot of my friends were uh, tweeting me or texting me talking about, let them score, let them score, let me keep the clock. I'm like, right. just let them score. And so we can at least have two minutes. But they were working the clock. I, I honestly thought, Chris, to be honest, the Raiders got nervous. In the, when they, yeah, the they last did. touchdown, when they were trying to score, they got really nervous because I heard Derek Carr and Lon saying, we're good, we're good. I'm like, no, you're not good. Because somebody, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. just jumped off sides, and you had somebody just um, was it? They had, they had a false start on by Witten, yeah, Witten, Witten with the false and start. Who, some, I think it was another false start before. No, it was, they got a, they got a play, they got a, a pi, which was lucky because they shouldn't even have got it. But and then they had the false start by Witten that moved them back to like what to the twenty, and then they had that pass by Darren Waller that took them right back down to like to the two yard line, and then they ran it in. So um, they really got nervous because I thought when they went back to the twenty, I'm like, oh, they're about to kick a field goal, and that's that's going to be ball game. But that pass to Darren Waller. Again, by the safeties, didn't nobody cover him. He went to the flat, caught it, and then scooted and slimmed his way up down there to the two-yard line. Like, we just had him on the one, and now they're back to the 20, and now they're right back on the one. I was like, God, our defense is just crazy. There's no way you should give up, like, 18, 19 yards in a play. But they did, <laughs> and we got him in there. They let him score with, like, a minute and a half left. I was like, you should just let him score it on that touchdown when Darren Waller caught it. That would have been cool. Might as well. You, we know we're going to go down there and score. I don't know why you even tried to stop him. And it was like, I think it was it was it you or somebody else tweeted out like, oh, now all of a sudden our defense wants to try to bow up on somebody. Should have been doing that in the first half. And now you're right. ruining the clock. You should just let them score before they run the clock out. So, But I honestly thought we were going to get a stop. But I thought our defense was actually going to get a stop right there. I'm not lying. I really – once that really? Mason Witten false start, I was like, back to the 20. I'm like, oh, we're about to get a stop right here. And we're not even going to need this. Like, uh, Went back to, like, the 7 and didn't go back to the 20, man. It was 24. It was really the 7. Oh, okay, my bad. I thought it was but it did, go, <laughs> no, it, 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 it did go back far. I was like, hey, bro, you're not on the one no more. So right, the, fact right. that they, the fact that we got the false start, and I was like, okay, we're good. We're not going to let them score again. And then one pass, and they're right back on the one-yard line. So, But they went in there and scored. Right. And, did it, and then I was like, okay, well, now we have a minute and a half. And we still had two timeouts, which was the biggest thing I wasn't really tripping on because I was like, it doesn't matter about the time. We got two timeouts. So anytime we go, we can stop the clock. And it only takes two chunk plays. From if you start your drive at a twenty, you need a chunk play to get you to midfield, and then another one to get you like to the thirty. So that's really all you need, and we can get chunk plays like that. So that's why I really wasn't even tripping on that. Right, right. There was no, there was no real word once Witten caught that one yard touchdown. He had the Raiders the lead because of the time. And can we just take a, a second? Here, here's what I, here's what I gotta say. Lamar Jackson against the against the Titans, right? Yeah. Down three under two minutes. Goes down the field, needs a field goal, gets a field goal, gets the ball in overtime, loses. King Henry Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers down three under two minutes, needs a field goal to tie, touchdown to win. Goes down, only gets the field goal, gets the ball in overtime, uh, um, loses the game. Yep. Tom Brady down three under two minutes, only needs a field goal to tie, touchdown to win, can't even get the field goal. Those are all three former MVPs. You know what our MVP did? Down three under two minutes needs three means the field goal to tie touchdown to win. 
He isn't worried about no dang field he's walking, goal. He's throwing he's touchdowns. Touchdown. You feel me? He's, he's throwing touchdown passes on a weekend where three former or four former NFL MVPs all were in a, the same, if not dang name, same situation. Only one came away with that touchdown, and that is because he is the best player in the NFL. He's the best quarterback. He is just ice vein, ice in his veins can do nothing wrong, and that is. Baby. Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Plus Gene, baby. LFG. I know what that means. LFG. Right. 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 What D'Angelo Russell do when he hit a shot and he pointed his arm? I got ice in my face. Yeah. I'm built. He's like that. Pat different, yeah. man. We all everybody know Pat's different, man. We we know this, bro. Like he he really he really liked that. When it when it's time to go score, bro, and it's money on the line, like you Pat really liked that. So like you said, we had no worries. We had the ball, we had a minute and a half, two timeouts. I'm not. I'm not worried about the Raiders defense slowing down Patrick. He didn't he's seen Bill Belichick what three times now? Or was it is it four, five, I think. four times? It, 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 yeah, it's four if you include this year. If you include this year is four. And when we yeah, we played him. So four times. So he's seen arguably the greatest defensive coordinator of all time, some of the best defenses. He's not worried about the Vegas Raiders. Like, let's be honest. So I knew we were about to walk down there and score. So I wasn't worried about that. And their pass rush wasn't getting any pressure at all, just like ours. So Pat was back there patting the ball, calling Brittany, making sure the baby's all right, talking to mom, talking about I need ketchup on my steak tonight when I get home, all that good stuff. So we know 15 with the ball in his hands. Y'all know the vibe. Y'all know what's going to happen. Y'all know the result. Right. Easy. Especially when you got Easy also stuff. 10 and 87 running That's routes. Oh, as well. man, we got the best wide receiver combo, combo in the league. Know yeah, best wide receiver combo. You don't even need to say tight end. Best wide receiver combo because Travis Kelsey is third in the NFL in receiving. <laughs> oh, he is already. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he's third in, the, in receiving yards this season. Uh, he trails DeAndre Hopkins, who's won by like sixteen yards. Oh yeah, he's definitely gonna finish top five, bro. You know what he? I mean, I know he won't do it, but this look. You remember that 2013 season when Jimmy Graham had like fifteen hundred yards, or was it thirteen hundred yards? I think it was 13 on the yard. I don't remember exactly. I think it was 13 or 15 on the yards. I'm pretty sure. And he had like 12 or 13 touchdowns. And he had like top five receiver money. Travis Kelsey doing what he's doing right now. Basically, he's having that that type of season. And he really could, if he wanted to, go ask the front office for like top five receiver money, even though we know he won't because he's a team first guy and they already restructured his deal. But if he wanted to, he could easily go do that because, like you just said, he's putting up top five receiver numbers at tight end. Like there's guys that are faster than him, quicker than him, but yet at his size, he's still unguardable every single year. So that's yeah, you know, to him and his work ethic, man. Go ahead. No, I was just saying no one understands what opposing defenses are doing and how to and runs crisper routes than Travis Kelsey. Like, yeah, his yeah, the foot speed may be gone. Yeah, he may not be able to go up and get it quite like he used to. He's still six five, so he can still go up and get it. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, um, not quite the same. Yeah, he's always wide open, and that's just because he can look at a defense. He's dissecting it like a quarterback. He knows where the holes in the zone are, and he knows how to set you up with his route running. That it's, I mean, at this point, he's 31 years old. It feels like he can play at this level for another four to five years just because of the way he understands um, opposing defenses. No, facts. Trav has been one of the more consistent players in Andy Reid's era since he came here. Andy came in 2013. Trav was drafted. Was it that? Was it 2014? Or was it that same or the 15? He was drafted in 2013, but he uh, had an injury yeah, and didn't play all year. Yeah, yeah. Then his his t- technical rookie year was 2014, even though he was a 2013 draft. Exactly. So Andy Reid's been here for going on seven years and seven seasons now. So Travis Kelsey is probably the longest tenure guy. Him and Eric Fisher are the most of the longest tenure guys. Well, we had Alex Smith before he's gone. So. 
there's a probably right. before, and then we just let a Colquitt. He's he was the longest tenure chief on the team before we released him. So for to be here that long and to have what this is his this would be this is going to be his fifth thousand yard season in a row this year. Right, no tight ends ever done. Yeah, that. so you already broke that record. He's already um isn't he, isn't he second? Is he? I know he's top five all time in catches for Chiefs, but I'm trying to figure out what he is. Was he was he third or was he second? Uh, he's third because I think it was, I think Tony and Otis are tied for, yeah, it was two people. I know Tony and someone else was above him. So yeah. Tony and Otis Taylor are the two ahead of him in pretty much every category at this point. So like you said, if he keeps doing what he's doing for the next four or five years, and he said it in an interview, he says, I got a lot more work to do to be where I want to be. And he was having an interview with Tony Gonzalez saying that he wants to get up there and have his name mentioned with him. So if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's definitely going to be up there and and have some great numbers to talk about. And hopefully one day get that gold jacket put on his back. But no, I'm we're glad and blessed to have 87 in the, in, in the Kansas City and in, in the red and the red and white baby because he's the best in the business. I don't know why everybody keeps arguing this about who's better. There's other guys that and my thing is like I, I don't feel like why people can't just like give credit without discrediting someone else. I think a lot of people don't know how to do that. Like we know there's very other very good tight ends in this league. Darren Waller being one of them. There's Zach Ertz. There's George Kittle. There's Mark Andrews. There's Evan Ingram. Hunter Henry. There's a lot, Jerry Cook. There's a lot of good tight ends in this league, but when it comes to consistently dominating every single year, and yeah, it, it, it comes to down like who's throwing you the football. But he and Tra- I mean, Trav has done it with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, or even when Patrick Mahomes was out and we had Matt Moore playing. He still finds ways to produce and get catches and get in the end zone. So it's no debate that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. And I really don't get why people try to argue this every year. It's not really like a hard decision. Just say he's the best and move on. And there's other guys that are really, really good as well. And just because they're under him doesn't diminish them. It just means they're very good players. But the stats are the, the proof is in the pudding. Travis is the best guy in the league, and it's just not even a hard decision. Right. Right. He had just he had just under four thousand uh, receiving yards and um, twenty two receiving touchdowns with Alex with four years of Alex Smith as quarterback. So I don't want to hear that it's all the quarterback that is making Travis Kelsey good. And I don't think people debate that too much anymore. Exactly. Getting um, open. But you got to feel you, you know jumping gears a little bit here on you. You got to feel good where this Chiefs team's at. You know, nine and one, six games left in the season seems to have. You know, not going to finish pretty much any lower than the two seed because they have the tiebreaker over the Bills and the Ravens and some of those other teams that could be chasing them. So, um, how do you feel about how the rest of this season's going to play out, especially when we got the Buccaneers next week? Oh, that Buccaneers game is going to be live. It should have been prime time NFL. What are we doing? Three o'clock? It's Brady Mahomes. How how is that game not at seven thirty? Like that makes no sense to me. Like the, I know the NFL tries to make their schedule right, and I'm not saying they do a bad job because I'm just glad we've had a season so far. But when you see Brady Mahomes, bro, what do you think? Like, come on now. So right, bro. right. And I can't remember. Did this schedule come out prior to Brady signing? Yes. Though? So um, they get a little bit of a pass there. Here's what they did to make up for it, though. They made them the three twenty five game, yes, so they're going to be like exactly the so they're going to be they're going to be the prime time game without being the prime time game. Exactly. We know it. the only other two games at that time are Broncos Saints, which is going to be a blowout, and then Niners Rams. Which if the Niners still aren't healthy, the Rams should blow that out. So all eyes are still going to be on the Bucks and Chiefs on Sunday. It's just not going to be a night game. Just Chris, I want the whole country's undivided attention. <laughs> when we smack the team that everyone thinks is going to the Super Bowl, I don't want any kind of distractions. I want everyone's eyes glued to the TV. You feel me? Popcorn in hand, butt in seats. That's all I want. But um, the rest of their season is is pretty nice, Chris. I mean, we have Tampa Bay next week. 
Then we have Denver after that. And then we have Miami. And then we have another NFC South opponent being the Saints, also on the road, also a 325 kickoff and not a um, primetime game. And then we end our season with Atlanta and the Chargers. So our season's pretty good so far. Like you said, we definitely are going to finish no worse than the second seed. Pittsburgh um, is probably going to be easily like one or two. I mean, their schedule is pretty easy the rest of the way. So I know they, they're undefeated so far, and they're playing Baltimore this week, so that should be a good game for them. But it's definitely going to come down between us and Pittsburgh. We'll see how the um, how the records shape up in the next couple of weeks. They have, they, have a pretty, they have a pretty easy schedule as well, especially with this week we found out that J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram aren't playing for the Ravens, so that just made their job a lot easier. So, um, Right, we'll see if that game even gets played. Exactly, they're saying. But I, I, heard, I heard a report today saying they're still on schedule. But like you said, it easily could get canceled. But I don't think that right. happen. They want that money, especially on Thursday. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, definitely. The rest of our season is definitely. The only two, the only two challenging games will be for us will be Tampa and New Orleans, honestly, because um, of Tom Brady. Miami might be tough. They have a decent defense. And is Tua going to play? Or they say, is, is, is he hurt? Or they say Ryan Fitzpatrick going to be the starter from now on? Are we gonna, no, like, they straight up – they just straight up benched him. He's not hurt. Oh, and so, but he's starting oh. – but he's starting for the Jets. He's starting against the Jets next week. Like, he, 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 he got benched in the game. He didn't get benched for the season. He's coming back to take a starting oh, spot. Like next week. Okay, okay. Somebody was texting me saying so. he got benched because he got hurt. I ain't, I didn't get to watch the game. I was at work, so I was trying to recap and see what happened. I need to rewatch that game. So he so he wasn't playing well at all. Oh, that's what. Right. Oh, that's not good. Right. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, either either way, we're going to Miami. Miami's definitely going to let us win, especially after the way they gave us that dub when they um helped us get the, our better seed last year to help us work right, right. out to the Dolphins. We still love y'all for that. Um, but no, we we uh, I definitely think though, yeah, the only um semi tough game would probably be Miami, Atlanta, and the Chargers are definitely reeling. But I think for most of the season, I think everybody would, would agree that the only um, challenging games on our schedule will be Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Going to Miami's tough. Um, it's definitely good. But it's at the end of the year, which a lot of people don't like going there early in the year because it'd be hot and like, guys cramp up and they'd be hydrated and stuff. So we're going there later in the year, so it'll probably be cooler, so it won't be as hot. Right. Um, and those are, that's, that's a back-to-back road week, so we got to make two East Coast trips. we got to go to Miami, come back, and then go back to New Orleans. So um, that's that. Right, and that's – that's what the situation the situation is reversed this week though because we went out to Las Vegas and now we have to travel all the way to Tampa and that's why this week is so interesting to me. I think the Chiefs after the way watching how Tampa's played the last few weeks, I think the Chiefs are far and away the better football team than Tampa. I think they're more consistent. Oh, yeah, I think they sure. have Tampa's but it's a scary game just because of you know back-to-back road games, different parts of the country. And if Tampa Bay's defense, if their front seven specifically can play like they were the first five, six weeks of the season, it's going to be like one of those Charger games to where, you know, Bosa and Ingram are just hitting Mahomes and making it tough. We could see, you know, Golston and Levante David and uh, JPP and uh, Barrett, you know, Dave, you know, they got all these guys that just sue. I didn't even say sue. Oh my gosh. Like their, their front seven is just absolutely loaded. And if they're on a good day and the offensive line, you know, is struggling to pick things up, that's the only way I see Tampa Bay beating the Chiefs is if the defensive line is just absolutely hammering Mahomes. If it's like just average, you know, maybe get a sack or two and a few hurries, not worried at all. But if it's constant pressure, from start to finish, I that there is a little bit of a worry for me in this game. No, I said I said the same thing. The strength of that team is definitely their front seven. Their pass was easy leak because, like you said, they got guys for days. Barrett, Sue, uh, JPP, 
uh, Goldston. They, they got so many guys that can get to the quarterback. And then they have arguably the best inside linebacker tandem in the league with uh, Devin, Devin White and Levante David, who's playing like a madman right now. Uh, that, that's that's definitely going to be a fun matchup between those guys, Trav, and see how they try to bracket them and try to contain them. But like you said, if they can get constant pressure on us the entire game, and I don't know, we all know Tampa Bay doesn't want to get in a shootout. That's not the game they want to play because they know they're not. They can do that, but t- the way Tom Brady's been throwing the football, they don't want him throwing the ball 40-plus times a game. If he had to, then he had. if they got down. But if they come into the game, they don't want to throw the ball that much. They don't want to go out there and just start slinging it. They want to run the football, keep us off. They're going to try to shorten the game, keep us off the field, and the defense is going to try to get turnovers. So if they if they have a great pass rushing night and Tom Brady is hitting a throw, and Tom Brady's been super inconsistent, like you just said. One week he'll look terrible versus New Orleans one week and then come back versus Carolina and light him up. He'll look terrible versus um, the Rams and watch. Now we're playing the Chiefs and watch him have a good game versus us. That's just how he, that's how his season has been most of the year. He's had a good game or a bad game, two good games and two bad games, and he'll come back and bounce back. So he's just been up and down all year. It's been a roller coaster for him. I know a lot of people have been debating, is he washed or is he not? I'm like, he's still a good quarterback. Bro. If, if the game's on the line and it's a game-winning drive, you're not really doubting Brady. Now, obviously – you still have faith that your team could get a stop on him, but you're not going to go out there and say, oh, I'm guaranteeing a win versus Brady just because he's struggled a little bit. I'm like, don't ever overlook or doubt your opponent. That's still Tom freaking Brady. If, it, if, if, if he needs a drive to go down there and make some throws, he can do it. He hasn't done it of late consistently, but he can still he's still able to do it. So I don't think he's had his – a lot of people this week, where I'm hearing a lot of people saying he's having his Peyton Manning moment, like when 2015 – when he, uh, yeah. he looked like god awful i'm like he's not he's not that bad yet he's not even nowhere in the club right like that peyton manning couldn't even like i don't think he even threw for multiple 300 yard games that year like it was that bad so he he's not he's not struggling as bad as a lot of people think he is he's just when he loses games and misses throws it's just so shocking to us because two things that we've never questioned with tom brady has been his accuracy and decision making and both of those have been in question the past games for the past month like last night versus L.A. when he tried to throw that post route, the safety wasn't nowhere near far away as he thought he was, and yeah. it was clearly right. not a good decision, and he still made that. He had a curl to Antonio Brown, and he dirted it like twice. So he's like doodled armed. I'm like, bro, why is his – I know he doesn't have arm frame, and you can make a 10-yard, 15-yard curl, and that's not a deep throw for him. Yeah. So he's having, he definitely has been inconsistent. Their team has been inconsistent, like you said. But don't ever just think, oh, because they struggled the week before. We struggled the week before, so we have no room to talk and say anyone – is playing um, great football or anyone has a perfect team. So always going in with the mindset that you're playing the best team you've ever played and you'll never let your team overlook you. So it's definitely going to be a great matchup. The matchup I would definitely look forward to would definitely be um, their offensive line versus our defensive line to see how we respond because obviously we didn't play well the week before. And I expect Frank and Chris to be pissed off because they're going to hear it from a lot of people inside the building, the oh, outside yeah. the building of how great they didn't play. And obviously there's going to be people like Colin Coward who are talking crazy like he always does. So, um, but yeah, I definitely expect I definitely expect a great game. Um, if you want to, we can get into some score predictions. If you want to, buddy, I'll let you go first. Okay, okay. Uh, this game is tough, man. Because tough. so I, I told you, you know, I can see I I can't see should obviously be favored. They are the better team, but uh, what's the line right now? How much are we favored by right now? Cover. Yeah, uh, the line is three and a half with the over under at fifty five and a half. So Chiefs are four, favored by three and a half points on the road. Uh, that sounds about right. I've just, I just, I know I was saying that it really comes down to the pass rush. I am a little bit worried about Breland on Mike Evans and Ward on AB. Oh, fact. Because if Breland, if Breland's on, if Breland's on AB, forget it. AB is torching him. Forget it. Now, now Breland is built. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, Breland is built to cover Mike Evans. Facts. He's a size, you know, he's physical. Breland, I know they don't follow around very often. Breland needs to be on Mike Evans. And then you need to use Ward and Fenton and the Honey Badger and Thornhill and, you know, those guys on on AB and Godwin, you know, because it's a little bit more their speed. But I I would not trust Breland on any of the – Eat on either of those speed guys. No, that's even Scotty Miller. Keep reeling away from Scotty Miller too. No, and I definitely, and you know that um Brian Byron Leftwich and I think um, Bruce Arians and their, other, and their other offensive coordinator I forgot his name are definitely looking at all the PIs that the Chiefs got. He's like, okay, that guy likes to grab. They're definitely going to try to get A B and Chris Godwin in some, in some double move situations. So I expect right, like, right. Slug. I expect a lot of slug goals, some curling goals, some out and up, some post corners. I expect a lot of double moves to get those guys to bite. And mainly they're going to pick on Breezy. So they're going to pick on 2-1. So he better bring his lunch bell because they're going to be looking at him, boy, for sure. They're going to isolate him. They're going to try to put him on bank by, by himself. And they're probably going to move Mike Evans around so he doesn't have to cover him. So we'll see how they adjust it in the, in the, fir- in the first half, in the first drive of the game. But like you said, man, the defense better bring their lunch bell because they got their work cut out for them for sure. And they still got right. who still can catch right. a, a jump ball when he needs to because he's just super bigger than everybody. So uh, and so, with that being said, I think the I think the uh, I think it's going to be a very similar game to the Raiders as far as score wise. I think the the Bucks are going to be able to put up some points. I'm going to go high score. I'm going to take the over. Be a big over on this. I'm going to go 38-31. I know everyone wants to think that the Bucks are going to score a lot less because of how Brady looked against a good Rams defense. Chiefs do not have that same level of defense as the Rams. I think the Bucks can still put up some points. But I think that the pass rush is slowing down in Tampa. I think their corner secondary is not very good. They've looked good at times because of the pass rush. But when given time to be picked apart, they can be. Chiefs put up 38, give up 31, win the game by seven. I got I got I'll take the over, too. I don't think um, – I definitely don't know if our defense is going to respond like we should. I hope they I hope they very well they do. But I know that they're, the, the Bucks defense is good, but I know they're not good enough to stop our offense or contain us from getting at least 30, which is what we've been averaging most of the year. Um, I, and I, the, the question mark is we are defense and how well we're going to play. But like you say, Tom Brady's going to be pissed off. He's going to be locked in, coming off a loss. This is a game, the America's Game of the Week on Fox. And I think Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are calling the game, obviously. So um, I actually think it's Tony Romo and because it's CBS. Or, CBS yeah, has this game. I, I, it's not – I know it's weird. It's weird because I know CBS normally doesn't have a late game. Yeah, usually but. like they're the it's NFC. So they usually do the um the Fox game. Right. Oh, that's weird. Oh, but right, it's Tony. Right. That's even better. He's gonna call out the word. Right. <laughs> but no, um, if I, I I would take the over two fifty five, I'll take that because that's like twenty seven apiece. Yeah, I definitely think they could both score at least thirty or twenty twenty seven apiece. That's definitely I'll take the over. I need numbers. I need uh, official numbers. My official score. I you said well, you said thirty eight thirty five. 38-31. I will go. We just scored 35. I will go 37-34. We get we no. Okay. And I think we we don't we win by three, but not three and a half. So I say we cover, but not actually no. So we don't cover. No, we no. don't hey, that's not a bad prediction. The Bucks are good. So that's what I'm saying. I'll no, I'll say thir- um no, I'll, I'll go th- you, you said 38-31. I'll go 37-30. Right by you. Okay. 30, that's my okay. final. 30. You think it's going to be a few more field goals in this game than I do? I think, I, I think we're going to – A couple bend, a couple bend don't break possessions. Exactly. I think their defense is going to try to get stops when it matters, just like our defense is going to try to get stops when it matters. But I think there's going to be a point in the game when offenses just say, all right, we got to score. And then both, both quarterbacks are just going to go at it like they did when we played them in New England. So, But, yeah, I'll get 37-30. That's what I got. 
Nice. Well, good stuff. Well, I, I, I'm excited to watch it. I know most of America is excited to watch it. Uh, the MVP front runner against the the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> stole that from I, – I hear Pat McAfee say it. I'm sure he stole it from someone else. But, <laughs> but uh, no, definitely exciting game. Excited. Can't wait to recap that game with you, my man. Hopefully we are recapping another Chiefs W. Before we get out of here, though, man, there is uh, one thing left to discuss, and I think you know exactly what that is. Y'all know what it is, the last thing we got to discuss. Y'all got to get y'all merch. It's that time of year. It's the holiday season. Chris, I know you getting your Christmas list ready and you getting your gifts for your people. It's Black <laughs> Friday week, so I know y'all out here shopping, and everybody's Cyber Monday shopping, too. Hit that shop, arrowheadlive.com. Y'all got to get y'all merch, Chris. Tell them we got hoodies, we got T-shirts, we got long sleeves, we got crew necks. I know you want to be repping that gear when you're sitting in the living room, eating your food, going in that food coma. And there ain't nothing fresher when you're wearing that Red Kingdom Arrowhead Live gear when you're in the living room and everybody want to see. Where'd you get that from? And then you hook the whole fam up. So y'all know what to do, man. Wear your merch, get your gear. It's all love. It's all appreciated. And we thank you guys so much. Um, but where can the people catch you at, Chris? for um, any other things you got going on, man. Man, you can always follow me on Twitter at 10penny88. Um, you will catch some high school sports discussion in there as well, thanks to my, my day job. But always talking professional NFL as well. Please always hit me with your takes. Even, even if you just want to discuss football and you're bored and you look at Twitter, hit me up and I will try to have a discussion with you to pass the time because that is what I love to do, to do is talk sports. What about you, CJ? Bro, same thing. I'm always down to talk sports. You'll probably catch a lot of basketball because I cover some basketball as well, and I try to talk those as well. But I'm always down to talk football whenever, any team, any time, college, NFL, don't matter. Catch me on Twitter at CJEEZY81, CGZ81. And everyone, we have a Twitter page, and I need y'all to please follow us. We need support. It is the it is Aftermath underscore KC, A-F-T-E-R-M-A-T-H underscore KC. Follow the page, link us, talk to us, shout us out. And like me and Chris said, me and him both run the accounts. We will definitely be talking to all the fans. We want to interact with you guys, and we want to get all the um, popularity and kind of attention we can get. It's all love, and I appreciate it so much, guys. Please, thank you. All right, guys, that will do it for us. We will talk to you next time. Jeez. To the Chiefs' kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!